welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Today, I have Lance Isios. How are you, Lance? I'm really good. You nailed it on the pronunciation there. (laughs) I mean, like, I feel like I'm winning today. You know, it shouldn't be that hard. I mean, people can see your, your last name, but I, yeah. Yeah, I nailed it. I only have to do it one time, so now I'm done. Yeah. I've won. For sure. You got it. But your website is your name, Mm LanceECOs.com. So jump in and tell us everything about that. So, yeah. So right now, I'm all things podcasting. Like That is pretty much my service to humanity is, is, is podcasting because I wanted to find a way that I could sort of connect with people and really share my story because I got, you know, pretty crazy story. And I I initially got into podcasting as a tool to to build a a business I was doing, an online marketing business. But then the podcast became the thing and I realized how powerful it is and just the relationships I've been able to build, how it's helped my self-confidence, how it's just really, it's almost like it's almost like therapy every single time I get to talk to somebody. It's, it's, it's really amazing. And I have, I have actually founded a production, a podcast production company as well called Mike up. So we do basically, I hired somebody to help me start and run my podcast because I didn't have the bandwidth to do it. Let's be honest. It's a lot of work and I wanted to be able, and, and after seeing what I've been able to create with that model, I was like, well, there's other entrepreneurs out there that need this. They just don't have either the team, the time. They don't want to learn new things to edit, to stay consistent. So I want to create that for them. So that's what I'm doing now too. So I have my show and then I have my production company, which helps people, you know, have, start, you know, um, market, produce all, everything podcasting, wherever they are on the level of that journey. So that's, I've kind of gone all in with that. And yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And that's just been sort of the thing. And now I'm just looking to sort of connect and, and get as many interviews and interview as possible because, um, you know, if nobody knows who you are and they don't hear your story, then you don't know, they don't know you, right? So that's, for me, is just all about trying to make as much impact as possible. And you're going about it completely opposite of how I went about it, which is, so, that's so much fun. It's so great that we all have a different experience, but I think the mindsets are the same. People start podcasts and run podcasts because they want to make a difference somehow. Mm. What's the, what is the podcast that you run about and is Mike up on your website? No, we're, we're still, it's in the startup phase. We just, I'm actually building Mike up as a separate website and you know, websites take a long time. So it's, it's a huge pain in the ass, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's good. It's all part of it. Right. You know, like, um, so that's why, yeah, I mean, when you're, you know, I want to send people to my website, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's, it's a little bit different, but yeah. So that's what we're working on trying to, you know, bring those two together. As far as what my, my podcast is about, it's called University of Adversity. And I created that because of my own adversities and challenges in my life. And it was crazy because I was sitting there, I was living in Australia and the word adversity just popped into my head. And I was like, I was, I was just thinking about it and I, I couldn't get it out of my head. 
And just from what I was going through and I was doing a lot of personal development at the time. And then I started to think, wow, like it's all about what you go through. The struggles you go through is what allows you to learn. It allows you to grow. And I thought, what if I could talk about my story? What if I could be vulnerable? Because I'm not a vulnerable person at the time. I wasn't, I was, you know, I was an athlete, hockey player, very like against that kind of conversation. Like, like, fuck off. I don't want to talk about personal development stuff. Right. And that, that was the way I thought. And I leaned into that. Why did I feel like that? And I started to really, after losing my younger brother and losing my dad within a very short period of time, I started to think about, you know, like, what am I afraid of? Like, you know, why am, why is being vulnerable? Why is, is, is that high, you know, talking about your feelings? Why is that like a bad thing? And I started to really lean into it and I, I wanted to create a show around that. And, and, and that's kind of what happened. And I thought, you know, what about interviewing people that have gone through a lot of different things in their lives and gone on to create success in their life, whatever that looks like. It doesn't mean that you become, you know, zero, millionaire or billionaire. It's not always success is your own definition in your own life. But I, I really wanted to highlight that and be able to connect with people with their story and, and be able to kind of pull out that lesson that, that the audience can get, right? And I was always, I was working in bars for many years, so I was very good at connecting with people. And I just learned to kind of take that skill and, 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 and apply it in the interview style, like kind of like what we're doing, right? And, and really be able to get in dive into the story, you know, find out about them and, you know, allow them to open up. And I've just been, it's been kind of a natural thing and it's just kind of grown and I've got better at it. And it, it's just so fulfilling for me as cheesy as it sounds for people. Like that's just being able to go and talk to somebody, allow them to feel comfortable, like a container to open up and share. And then you are able to get people messaging you saying, wow, that was amazing. That episode really changed my life. Like it really helped me. Like that's where the gold is, right? Yep. So that's, that's you know, without rambling on for an hour, like that's, that's why I did it. And, and it, it's just, it's so, it's just evolved into what it is now, you know? And like you said, like you've been doing this for a while too. It's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Like, it's- are you astounded? Like every time I do an interview, I'll walk out, we'll be done. We'll get off, right? We'll hang up and I'll walk out and my, I'll walk out of the office and my family will be out there like, Hey, it sounded like you guys were having fun. You know, I could hear you laughing or sounded pretty intense and they're what, cause they can hear little things. How was it? I'm like, God damn, that was my favorite episode I've ever done. Yeah. But like every time, mm. almost yeah. every single episode, I am just, are you astounded? Cause you're doing a similar thing that I'm doing. We're finding out what people's struggles were. What yeah. was the adversity? Are you astounded every every time? Yeah. And I I really am and it's made me realize that we're all so similar. Like depending, you know, I've talked to some people that are very successful and, you know, pro athletes, New York Times best-selling authors, whatever they are, but we're all so similar. We're all humans. Like it's just where you're at on the journey. And when you, you start to connect with these people, you start to see this pattern and you probably can agree with me on this. It's like, we're (laughs) these people that are at this level that we think of as being successful. They're just further along the journey. They've just, 
you know, they've, they've, they've been able to learn a few things and then they've been able to move on and they've been able to capitalize. And that's what I love about it. It's humbling because it's like, Oh, they're not so different. You know, we're all, we're all here. We're all, we're all in the same, we're all humans. We're all playing the game and you know, we're, they're going through shit too. And, and that's okay. And we're all going to go through that. It's just kind of like some people are better at learning and, and, and growing and not, reliving the same shit over and over again right and yeah i think these people that you like to talk to and you're probably the same that become successful have kind of learned the lesson and sort of moved on and and they've just sort of taken it and ran with it but they're all they're all we're all so similar and it's it's a, it, it's nice to know that because mm-hmm. we 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 tend to put ourselves in these boxes we tend to think that I'm like this and that's, I'm, I'm my own thing. Nobody else is like me. Nobody else is going through shit. It's like, poor me. And it's just not the case. Like everybody's got a crazy story. And I really, it, it's, it, it my, blows my mind. Cause I'm sometimes I'm like, wow, like my story is nothing compared to this guy. Or this girl. Like it's right. Like, yeah. Which is what launched you to want to start asking questions. Mine, I feel the same way. And it's what's crazy. You're right about how alike we are. I always want to know, how'd you get through it? Like, what do you do? And the what you do things, like people think, well, therapy and meditation, but it's not just that. Like, where did you build this tenacity and this resilience? How, how did that come out in you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. And I think it's, it's just the simple things, the, the simple habits. And I, I think it's really just, it's, you have to watch how you speak to yourself. Oh God, yeah. Like people don't realize that. And I hear it all the time. I suck at this. I, I'm bad at that. I don't know how to do this. And I hear it all the time. And I used to be the same. Even my mom, like, I'm like, just watch how you talk to yourself. Like, no wonder. Do you actually think that you can, you're going to be able to do something if you tell yourself that you suck at it all, all the time? And, and it's a simple thing like that. It's the conversations you have with yourself. If you're not your worst or if you're not your, your own best friend or your biggest fan, then who will be? Honestly, like that's what I've, I've tried to be is kind of be, be kind to myself, be nice to myself because, you know, you're the one that's like, we're the, we have to just be able to accept ourselves and and we're the ones that have to look ourselves in the mirror and, and you know in our life and we're the we're our biggest enemies we really are and i've just found the the nicer i am to myself the more i give myself a break sometimes looking at it like hey all right well you're here you were there before so you've kind of you've done you've done well good job you know you know without rest you know without kind of being satisfied like you you have to be able to be grateful for the journey that you've been on. And I think a lot of people are just so the self-talk, the negativity, it just, it really hinders their growth. And for me, that was, that was the thing and, and meditation and gratitude and all that stuff too. Like I, I really practiced that in my life, but just being able to understand that I have to watch how I speak to myself. I really have to watch how I speak to myself. And when you start to do that, you start to pick up on, on the things that you say. You're like, oh, wait, I'm actually, I don't suck at that. Well, I just haven't done it before, right? Like anything you do for the first time, you're, gonna, you're not going to be great at it. But don't tell yourself you suck at it over and over again or you will suck at it, right? I think, I think the other, yeah, absolutely. 
yeah, you're going to, you're going to manifest what you're preaching. Absolutely. And I think the other thing we do personally is like, if I know you're really good at something that I'm really struggling and learning or figuring out, why wouldn't I just ask you? Yeah. Like why, why is that so terrible? Why can't I just say, Lance, I need you today as a resource. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I am, I'm struggling with this. I had a friend ask me once, are you good at everything you do? I'm like, yeah, cause I don't want to do the stuff I'm not good at. Like that's called fi- like find somebody and they're a resource, find somebody cause then they get to shine mm-hmm. and could you learn and figure it out? Yeah. I think all of us could pretty much do that with almost anything. Yeah. But there are certain things I know I'll learn well and easily and other things I don't want to. Mm. And, but, but Lance already knows how. So like, why don't we just ask for help too? Yeah, I think that's a great, I think that's, that's a great thing to be able to ask for help because I mean, if a lot of us, our egos get in the way and yeah. we ask for, you know. Or, or like, you're going to think I'm stupid because I can't figure it out because it's so easy for you. I don't care. It's all self-talk again. It's We're all self-talk, about, right. We're all worried about what somebody's going to think. And yeah we have this projection of what they're going to think of us from the past that we have of ourselves. And it's just crazy. It it really is. And it stops us from things like that, like asking for help because we create this weird movie in our head about what's going to happen. And it's never what happened. Like it's never, it's never what we think. No, (laughs) I I'll look at my kids when they're like, well, I don't know about this weekend. And I'm like, so tell me about the story you're creating in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even my 10 year old's like, oh shit. I mean, maybe she doesn't say that, but like, you know, because I, I'm like, you're creating a story in your mind yeah. about something you have no clue about. Yeah. So what's the story you're creating in your mind and how can you change the, the story? Especially if you don't know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, it, it is. And it's all based on, we're, we're either living in the past or the future. We're rarely living in, oh. in the present. Like we're always, everything is based, if you think about it, everything is based on past experiences that are gone. You know, our present moment is always a projection of what's happened. And it's so crazy because it's a new moment, yet we're using the past as a thing. And that stops people from, from, from so many things because they've failed or they've done something in the past. So they think that thing is going to be the same now. And it's not, it's, it's not even, it doesn't even exist. Yeah. Right. And then those are the patterns we get into. So if you failed or you went through a situation or whatever, you're always going to bring that into your present reality, which is crazy because it's, although it's easy to do, we all do it. It really has no place because it's a fresh thing. It's, it's, why are we creating this? Like what, what is the reason for that? And I guess it's just becoming aware of that. Right. And I mean, we all do it. But, you know, it's, it's crazy when we have these stories in our head and what we can create, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's nuts. And you go down the proverbial rabbit hole. Mm. Let's go back in time. Take me back. You're Canada, eh? Yeah. Where are you? Reno, Nevada. Oh, wow. Cool. But I've been through BC. Is oh, yeah. that where you are? Yeah. Vancouver. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, about three hour, we're about three hours from Seattle. Yeah. So three-hour drive from Seattle. But I think it's like an hour and a half ferry ride or something. I don't know. I love uh, the ferry ride from Seattle. Yeah. I love it. It's great. You know, I don't go to Seattle enough. I should. 
Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's so close, but it's kind of, I don't know. Going through the customs isn't fun driving over the border. I don't know why, but. That's true. <laughs> I drove from uh, Vermont to Alaska years ago. So oh. I drove all across the country and then up through. That's a trek. It was Alaska's in a weird so spot. Fun. It's like I know. the poor. It make sense. They're like, they're like, it's like their own lo- long lost country. It, it just doesn't make sense. They are. <laughs> so take me back to yours. You're, okay, yeah, you grew yeah. up in Vancouver. I wasn't sure yeah. if you'd have a little, if you would have picked up some of Australia, because we'll get into that. Oh, too. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Well, how far back do we want to go? Because there, there's, do we want to go? Uh... <laughs> so. <laughs> So you were born. <laughs> All right. So I was, yeah, I was born. I was uh, nine pounds, five ounces. I think. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Sorry, mom. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. So I was born in um, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, yeah. which is like, which Alberta is the province over. It's not a state, everybody. Okay. It's province. Um, I was born there. Very cold. Very cold. I, I was a hockey boy. I grew up, yep. um, you know, my first 11 years of my life where I had a lot of love in my family. You know, it was a very, my family fought a lot. I had a lot of like emotional anxiety from that, but like I had a lot of love and a lot of really good family. And, but what happened was my parents split up when I was a nine and that was when things started to really get uh, tricky. And looking back now, I'm trying to figure out why did I go down the path that I did about doing certain things? And when I was 11, me and my dad, I had the choice to either stay with my mom or my dad. My dad could provide, with me, uh, provide for me. I was a hockey player. He grew up in BC on Vancouver Island. So um, it's a 12-hour drive and his family was there. So they split up and I had the choice of stay with my mom or my dad. So I moved with my dad. And that was, that was a very, very hard thing to do at 11 years old. Um, left my mom, all my family. And we, we, you know, and, and this happens to a lot of kids, but this was like, try, I'm trying to pinpoint like when things really got challenging. Um, and, and that's when things really got hard. And my dad met this crazy bitch. Sorry to swear again, but you know, oh, it's, it's all good it's, here. It's, uh, she's like the step mom from hell, like right out of the ah, movies. Good. And you know, it's all, I'm going to write a book one day about the shit that she pulled and, um, she was just right out of like right out of like a movie like it's crazy and she did she was just a terrible person my dad she had four kids they got married they had another kid together and she just made our lives a living hell for the next 20 years which is which is insane and I didn't get along with her and she just I basically you know was the reason they split up and she just wanted to make it a point that she was going to make my dad's life hell for the next whatever long. And that's kind of what happened. And I was kind of in and out of like dealing with this craziness of her not letting my dad see my younger brother and like just, just, in, just insanity of the stuff that she would pull. And to the point where I had to move, I moved to Vancouver. So I was on Vancouver Island at the time. I was trying to play hockey. I was like just emotionally messed up. I was trying to make it pro in hockey. And I was just, I was just not like, it was just emotionally not in a good place. And once hockey ended, um, I was kind of like, all right, what am I going to do? And I moved over to Vancouver where I'm now. And I got into like the bar industry. How long did this last with your stepmom? How long were they together? They were together for a couple years. 
Okay. From probably from about ninety six to ninety eight, but they, but she, she just, she got my dad thrown in jail. She's got she she did everything she could to get my to to just fuck our family up, and it really yeah. messed it really messed me up like emotionally, because like. <laughs> Yeah, like I and and I to this day, you know, and we'll get into it. I got into like drinking and partying and drugs and all that. And I was like, why did I get into this shit? Like, why did I even gravitate towards this stuff? I had a loving family growing up until I was like 11, you know, and but that was the point where I was just so, so messed up as a teenager. Yeah. You need to have a place where you can go that's that's like home. You don't need to like worry about your stepmom you know you, you need you need love you don't need to have that sort of emotional you're scared to go home and and, yep. and like it was horrible it was horrible and she just made it a point to make our life's hell after that so so i just went on like a crazy downward sp- spiral and got into all that craziness and yeah so you you graduated high school yeah yeah is that when you moved to vancouver cuz hockey had been part of your life kind of forever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I graduated high school and I was moving around for hockey, but I, okay. I wouldn't, when I was, I was playing junior hockey and I, I experienced with steroids and that really, that <laughs> no, I want to jump into this story <laughs> because yeah, I, I read, I read a little bit about it. Yeah. And I wanted to be clear to people because it really messed up my, my career. It ruined your career. It ended your career. Yeah, it did. I mean, Directly, I still played my last year, but it, 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 I didn't play at the level that I should have been, and it literally ruined my career. And I want people to understand how, how bad, how poor of a choice that is at a young age to do that. And I was just lost. How old were you when you did the steroids? I was, I was 20. Okay. okay. My, ni- 19. So I was like my last year junior, I was trying to get a college scholarship. Yep. And, and yeah, I was just just lost and drinking and just like a, just a nut job. Like, it's like <laughs> I look back and I think about it and it's just like, it's crazy telling the story because there's so many pieces to this and like without taking people on like different, it's like trying to tell the story in a way that, that kind of pieces it together, but there's so many moving pieces to it that it's yeah. like, it's insane. And every time I tell it, it's different, you know? <laughs> well, it's because crazy. there's so, because we're hitting on different things. Yeah. What made you decide steroids were a good option because i understand why i mean you want to enhance your physical ability i'm guessing right you're playing hockey it's an enhancement you see it successful for a lot of people you're young you don't care that it's terrible for you no because i would be partying the night before and then i'd be shooting you know taking a shot in the ass the next day like it's crazy talking about it's like people are like what (laughs) and i i don't know i um I, it's just because I was, I had this vision of what I wanted to be and I, I, you know, I wanted to get to a certain level and I thought that that was the right move and it really wasn't. And I realized after, woo, you just, your opportunity is gone. And it's, it's just, you have such a small window when you're an athlete and I didn't have the foresight at the time. I didn't know, you know, my mindset everything we talk about, about personal development, I didn't know anything about that stuff. And I just, I don't know. I was just lost and, and, and it was just trying to get an edge and it just, yeah. It so dangerous because that stuff you can do really mess up your body. Right. 
How did it affect you? Because not everybody has really adverse reactions to it. For some people, it works okay, or it does for a while anyway. But you talk about it. When I read your, your information about this, you talk about it like it was a fast thing. Like it screwed things up really quickly. Or am I just reading into that? Yeah, no, you're right. I, I mean, I gained like 20 pounds in a summer. Like I was, I was a beast. Yeah, I was strong. I could squat all this, like, but I couldn't skate. And I got to camp and I just, they're like, why are you so heavy? Like, this, is, this wasn't you. This isn't you. And I just, I didn't train properly. Of course, there's ways of steroids that, there's ways to improve your, 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 your performance, of course. But I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I just did a stupid, stupid thing and, and took the stuff that makes you big, but doesn't make you quick and, and hockey. And, and, you know, there's, there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. There's enhancers or there's like, what's the opposite of enhancers? What's, what's the word for enhancing opposite of enhancing? Dehan- I don't know. <laughs> made a new word today. <laughs> but yeah. Like, so it was literally like, I couldn't skate. Okay. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that that choice was such a, such a big factor, mm-hmm. but it also put me on a, and then after that, I went down massive, massive craziness of drinking and partying. And because I was trying to like, you know, it felt like I let my dad down. It felt like yeah. I let myself down and, and yeah, that's <laughs> craziness after that. So on top of already, like, I'm guessing there's a lot of self-esteem issues. No 11 year old should have to choose what parent to live with. I mean, that's so difficult. I can't even imagine, even if it was a great choice and it was sunshine and rainbows that what a horrible position to be put into. Did you have a good relationship with your mom through that time? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, I had a little bit of resentment from my mom for leaving my dad in the first place. But now that yeah. I look back, I'm, I'm like, I'm on, you know, I talked to her. I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm sorry if I was an asshole because, you know, I get it. <laughs> now, know, my yeah. Dad, my dad wasn't the easiest guy to live with. And, and, and I was just, at the time, I was a little bit resentful. But I, I, it's tough, you know, when you're, I, I was like, you know, I didn't see her that much. We didn't, I, I, I got back once a year, sometimes longer. Um, but I've really, we, we did kind of fall, we did kind of drift apart a bit, me and my mom over the years, but like now that I'm really making an effort to really like talk to her more and, mm-hmm. um, when you're living away, you just tend to, these things happen and, you know, it, it was tough. It was a tough situation and, and, yeah. you know, and I, like I said, I resented her a little bit for leaving, but I know that. Now that I'm a grown man, I understand why. And I'm like, how did you even raise me anyway? Like, I, I don't have a kid. I'm 36 years old. I don't have a kid. I don't have kids. And I'm like, how, how, do you, how did you even put up with my shit? Like, any of us. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's- you just sign up for it. You know, there's not a plan B. Uh, um, but from the kid's perspective, and most kids get older, the thing that's hard about kids is that you never realize, and there's probably no way for a kid to realize, that your parents are living their own story at the same time they're trying to be good parents to their kids yeah. who are living their own story. And uh, it doesn't excuse certain things, but you, by this time you're feeling like resentful of your mom. You don't have much of a relationship. Your dad's tough to live with. Your stepmom was a psychotic bitch who totally screwed with your head. And you tried to enhance your sport through steroids and crashed. Yeah. So you're feeling super excellent at this point. Yeah. 
And par <laughs> partying's a good escape. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 definitely summarized it there and, and it's very true. That's exactly where I was. And at 20, I started to get into doing a lot of drugs, alcohol, ecstasy, all that crap. It's just so bad at the time for your brain. And I just went and I was partying and I was lost. I was like, what do I do now? I have this identity as a hockey player and now I'm I'm a nobody, I felt like. I, I felt like a nobody because I went from being this person that was like, oh, wow, you're a great hockey player. You're that hockey guy. Like, you're going to make it to a nobody. Like, I was like, wow. And that's what I felt like. So I tried a bunch of different things, all kinds of shit. And I just got into the, the I found the bar industry. I found mm. restaurants as like my place where I felt like I fit in because I could social. I love socializing. I didn't like working for, I didn't like labor jobs. I've done all of it. I've tried all of it. And bartending kind of allowed me to sort of, in a sense, be myself. Yeah. Tips and, and live this like rock star lifestyle, which right. was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And, but with that lifestyle, there comes the, the other side of it too, which can be, a, you can be in a very, very dark place also. So. Well, you can hide it too. You can live, you're right. You can be more of yourself and you can hide. You can, yeah. so you're more in front of people and less at the same time. Yeah. yeah. When did Europe happen? Oh, Europe. Um, when I was 22. So, okay. So then you end up so, going to Europe. Yeah. I went and traveled to Europe and I went to 11 countries over there. Wow. Yeah. I did 11 countries in just under three months. Did that got kind of like the travel bug. I realized that, wow, this, this is insane. Like there's another world out here. Like, and then, yeah, that went there. And then, uh, that sort of was always in the back of my mind. And I was thinking there was times where I want to travel more. And then the idea of Australia came up. I was, I was dating somebody at the time and she had talked about it and I was like, huh, she's like, we should move there and, and work there. I was like, Oh, I didn't know we could do that. And, you know, I, we split up, but I still like the idea. And that's what I ended up doing too. Cause I had that feeling when I was, well, this was skipping forward a little bit to 29. I was like, I gotta just, I gotta do this because I'm 29 years old. I gotta, I need to travel. And so because of that Europe trip, I always had it in the back of my mind. And, you know, Australia was kind of like, it's kind of like here, but it's different. And that's what I ended up doing for five years, which is, uh, I mean, cool. Bondi beach has got to not be like Vancouver. <laughs> it's, it's insane. What an amazing place. What an so amazing place. Like, from 22 in that travel to around the 11 countries to 29, you came home and just kind of kept working as a bartender. Yeah. I was working in nightclubs, casinos, yeah. restaurants, you name it. I worked in every, every bar possible. And that was just, I was like, you know what? I'm in my 20s. I'm just going to enjoy life, you know, meeting girls. Right. Like, I was having a great life. Like, we lived right downtown. We had a party life after parties at our house. It was great. Like, but, you know, also it comes with a price. And, you know, you start to, you start to wonder, is this, is this the thing for me? Like, is this it? Like, is this, this what I'm doing? And I accepted that's the thing. That's what I was mm. going to do. I was like, okay, well. I probably can't work in these clubs forever, but I can like stay in this industry. I'm good at it. And even today I, I go, if I lost everything, I could still go to the bar. Yep. Like I could still go yep. and make money. Like that's the thing that's really cool about that industry is that 
hey, if everything, if I lost everything was rock bottom, I could still go pour a drink somewhere. And anywhere in the world, probably. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that's a good thing too that I love. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so. Um, so 29, you decide that Australia thing's nagging you. So yeah, you're sold, like, what the hell? Sold everything. Literally yeah. sold, sold my entire, just like, yeah. And it just took off. I had, I think, I think I had $5,000 line of credit. I didn't have a cent saved in my bank account. Nothing. Like I was just like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Like just the stuff that we were, we were, we were involved in some dumb shit and we were just, it wasn't a good, good place. Just, just kind of like just constantly in that nightclub vibey kind of life and just needed to get out. So me and my roommate went and yeah, I ended up staying five years. He stayed six months and it was, it was, it was the probably the biggest, the best decision I ever made when it comes to like a life decision. But it was always that thing. People always people always say, you know, a lot of people do the safe thing. I always do what's right for my, in my gut. I always, I never wanted to do things I didn't want to do. So people thought I was nuts. They're like, you're 29. You're going to go to Australia. You got to get a job. You got to go do this. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm doing what I want. Like my, even my dad's like, you're crazy to do this. Like you're 29 years old. Why are you going? And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going, but that's always the way I've lived. And now I'm so grateful that I did that because you, you know, you have to live your truth. And so many people are afraid because they're trying to live on someone else's agenda or somebody else's like plan for them. Right. And you see this all the time. Everyone's like, I'm too afraid. It's like, well, you afraid for you to do it? Or are you afraid because what somebody's going to say? Right. Right. And, and, and that's where I was. I was like, I just, that's one thing that I did right in my life. I feel like it was just kind of listen to like that inner voice and be like, Hey, all right, you, you want to do this? Just do that. You know, and, and I think kind of what happened. So many people want like the plan and I'm, I'm, I like the plan. The plan seems so safe when you yeah. have it all written out, and, but rarely things go that way anyway. So kudos for just getting out there and doing it. Yeah. The plan falls to shit a lot. The changes too. Yeah. The plan changes and you have to yep. be okay with that. And I talk about this on my show as well. And I'm looking forward to having you on also. Oh yeah. Um, it's like, that's the thing what happens is, is, is the plan or the journey is the thing. Yeah. Like the, the, the thing that we want is great to have, but it's not going to be, it's always going to change. Like the journey there is going to change and you have to be okay with that. And that's the beautiful thing. If you're okay with the ups and the downs, then it becomes, it becomes fun. But if you get so, you get so locked in on the journey and it has to be a certain way because you have this plan and you just get so stuck into it. That's when suffering happens. That's when you're like, yeah. it really becomes, it becomes a shit fight because you, 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 you have these expectations, but if you can live, you can live life without those expectations. You're like, okay, look, I, I love to have a plan. This is where I want to go, but I'm okay with zigging and zagging and taking me here and there. And it may change. I'm okay with that. Yep. I might meet somebody that's going to completely change the direction of this path. And that's okay. But for right now, that's where I want to go. And I think so many people get lost in that. And in, 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 in that they get, because of our education system, we're, we're programmed to think you got to be here by this age, there by that age, you got to have a family by this age. Do, 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 do. If you don't hit those markers, then you feel like you're like a failure, which is just not the case. No. Right? It's not the case. 
No. <laughs> also, I mean, what I've raised my kids with is that <clears throat> don't have kids unless you want to. And it's at the right time. And please, God, be older. Um, <laughs> most of them are following that way. But the other thing is that once you graduate high school and you're not accountable to your parent anymore, really, not in the same way, and you're an adult-ish, you know, you're an adult, between then and when you settle down with another human being, that is your time. Yeah. So you're never going to get that back. So how can you live that time without regret? Yeah. Like you don't want to be an asshole. You don't want to fall on your face. You don't want to be not productive at all in any way. But like what's important to you? You can earn college credit for taking six weeks to backpack the country. What the yeah. fuck is that? Like yeah. what do you want to do? Like do it. Yeah. And if you can do it and earn college credits, great. If that's not high on your – but like that's yeah. it. And yeah. selfish because selfish is this derogatory term. Yeah. Like, God, Lance, he's so selfish. Why is that negative? It means you're taking care of you. Yeah, I know. It's weird that It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because every self-help thing will tell you you have to take care of yourself before you can turn around and help another human being, right? Yeah. But don't be selfish. Mm. Yeah. So you're right. Society teaches us we're on this hamster wheel of doing things a certain way and fitting in the box. Yeah, there's an expectation. Like I say, who created these fucking rules? Like, I don't want to live by these rules. Like I, I said it from the start. And this is the one thing that, you know, I did a lot of stupid shit in my life, but that's the one thing that I've always lived by. And as I was like, I'm not living by anybody else's rules. Yep. I'm not. And I yeah. never have because nobody else really gives a shit. Like I know that sounds bad, but like <laughs> what we think about other people, what we do, it doesn't really matter because they have their own life. Like nobody yeah. really cares what you do. You know, that's yeah. the truth. Like, nobody, it like, really is. Like, you know, like even somebody I love very much, like my mom, my brother, like, of course I care, but like, I, do I really care about what they're choosing? Well, I care about their well being, but yeah, like that's their choice. And I'm, I, I know. And it's like, you know, I don't really care as far as like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, without going down too much of a rabbit hole there. It's just like, I don't know. So you got to be true to yourself. You really yeah. have to be true to yourself and these boxes. And this is why podcasting, like these conversations are so important because sometimes people just need to hear that and they go, boom. Oh shit. Yep. I never thought about it like that. Mm. Right. And, and you, you, you have a life and we we're here on this journey. We're in these meat suits. You know, like it's literally that sounds so not sexy. It's so true though. You know, like we're here, we're here in these bodies and it's like for a short period of time. Yeah. And it is a long period of time, but you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's like, well, why would you do things that, why, like, why wouldn't you do things that you feel are right in your heart? Right. Like, but a lot of times we think with our brains too much. Our oh mind, God. Yeah like the analytical mind and instead of listening to our heart. And I think people are waking up though nowadays and, and including myself that you got to, you got to listen to your intuition. You got to listen to your heart. If it feels right, it probably is. Right. And you went to Australia. Yeah. Spent five years, but some things didn't necessarily get better. No. Yeah. I mean, some things happened that were really, really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, so <laughs> it was craziness. So I was, you know, living the life and my dad was actually visiting me 
I'll give the whole the whole story here. I had seen my dad in like three and a half years. He came to visit. We we're having a great time. Like me and my dad had lost connection. Like we weren't that close. We fought because of that bitch. We just I just kind of moved away, and I just wanted to out of that shit. The bitch meaning the stepmom. <laughs> I got Sorry, it. I'm really like, the, the, and, and he was visiting me. We we're having a great time. You know, he's like, I was like, wow. Like he's never, he never got away. Like we lost probably my grandma, my grandpa, two uncles, his bet, one of his good friends all in the same right before that, like a lot of deaths. So he was in yeah. a place. So he was visiting me and we we're having a great time staying with me in my little studio apartment, which wasn't that great at times, but I was at work. I went to work and I got a call saying, um, from my brother saying my younger brother had taken his life, which was like, for me, hearing about the conversation about suicide and that kind of stuff happening, that was something that happened in the movies. That was something that didn't happen to, to us. Like that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen to our family. You know, that doesn't happen. And it did. And hearing that and, and processing that, I was... I was just blown away. Still to this day, I talk about it and I'm like, oh, I can't believe that happened. Like, why would he do such a stupid thing? And I was processing that. I remember taking an Uber home, thinking in my head, how am I going to tell my dad this? How am I going to tell my dad this? You know, he's sitting there at home and I had to tell him, told him the news and like seeing his face and seeing the reaction of like how he, it was, it was, it was the worst, it was one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my life telling your dad that and that 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 killed him literally that ate him alive and you know within a year he got cancer and he got pancreatic cancer and they couldn't detect it and he died i had i had two days i got the news when i was in sydney you know less than a year later or whatever it was i don't even remember now and i got a call saying hey like he was you know, he was in the hospital and they're like, we found this. We didn't realize. And you have two days and I got there and I had like five hours with him and then he, he, he passed. So. And you were there. I mean, first of all, thank God you got there and yeah. two days sucks. The whole thing sucks, but yeah. I'd rather know and have those moments than have it. He could have been gone two days later and you wouldn't have that. Oh, fuck. If I didn't have that, I would have been just, that would have been just terrible. Like, so as awful as it is, the level of like, you've got to get there on time. You got to know you got to get there on time and you got to spend five hours, which is not good, but so much better than it could have been. But there's a blessing in there. You're right. You're, there, you know, I like how you, yeah, exactly. There was, there was like that moment where I actually got to see him. Some people don't get that, yeah. that chance. And I got that five hours. Cause when I got there, he was still coherent. He was like, Oh, Hey Lance, like, but then they were putting him on this, these medica these like weird, like, it was like he was, I don't know what they, for pain, this heroin shit or whatever they use. Like it's pretty much heroin. I literally watched him go from like coherent to like, just, it was like, it was disgusting to watch seeing how, what they give patients. I get it for the pain, but watching them just go check out and you're like, oh, yeah. Man. And when I got there to when he, when he passed, it was just like, it still fucking haunts my mind, like watching him go from, Hey Lance, how's it going? Like, and to like, just this, it's, it's nuts. It's like crazy. And I don't want anyone to ever have to go through that because watching someone that you love and care about go through that five hours of like, 
alive to dead is the worst thing. And I'm sorry to your audience that, you know, it's, it's a tough conversation, but I, I like tough conversations. It's, it's like, it's a really, it was really, it was brutal. And, um, but there's a, like, there's always, a, a, a there's always something in there that you can learn from. And that's what I've learned from. And it made me a lot stronger. And it's, you know, that's all you can do in a shitty situation is take the lesson. There's a lesson in everything, right? And that's kind of where we're on now. So now that situation, what did that do? And when did you decide to move back from, cause you're here, here you are in Vancouver. So you're not in Sydney anymore. Yeah. So that, that was July, 2017. I moved back. December 2017. So I was just kind of over it. I was like, I'm too far away. I've lost people in my family. I'm too disconnected. My mom's there. My brother, I'm like, I got to move home. And plus I had to deal with all this kind of the shit and funerals and stuff. And I was like, I got to be home for a while. And my girlfriend at the time, she really wanted to move to Vancouver. So it just made sense. Where were you at emotionally with your own mental health at that point? With the drugs, with the alcohol, with the partying? I, I was actually, I took 2017 off booze. I was sober for a whole year. That was this like, is like, a, this is such a fun thing. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how fun it was for you, but you're in the middle of the shit storm, right? You haven't lost your dad yet. You're sober when you saw him. Yeah. I, I quit drinking January, 2017 for a year because of the prior year. I was just a nightmare. And I was like, I'm going to, and my dad was so proud of me. You know, he was like, oh, I'm so proud of you for, for quitting that shit. And he was, I was six months in, I was six months sober. And during that time I got into direct selling and personal development and network marketing and all that stuff. And I, you know, the good thing about that stuff was that I really learned personal development. So I, that's when I started to really learn about meditation and gratitude. That's when I started to change. That's when, that's when the change really happened. So when my dad passed, I had the tools to get through it. If my dad had passed the year prior, I'd probably be dead. Like, you know, but because I was sober, because I had the tools, because I was working on myself, when that happened, mm -hmm. I was able to process it. I was dead sober dealing with all the funeral stuff, all that. If I wasn't, I don't know how I would have done it. But that year sobriety changed my entire direction. And that's the year I, I decided that I was done with bartending too, right? That was the year that I was like, okay, I'm just not into this anymore. I'm good at it. I love making cocktails. I was very good at it. But I was like, I need to do something bigger. And my dad's death was kind of like, all right, time to, time to play bigger here. Which is incredible. And you didn't start out thinking you were going to go a whole year. You started out with three months, right? Yeah. I'll be sober three months. Like, oh, I'll do that. I'll be sober another three months. And okay, I'll do the whole yeah, year. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. You sort of, you, you, you don't really, because one year is a long time, especially when you're in a yeah. bar. And I was completely sober running a bar, which is really challenging, but really, okay. really empowering. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like my team, they, at first they thought it was weird, but then they really respected me for it. Because like in the past, I always me messed up somehow. Like I always, somebody always got the advantage over me because I like made a stupid mistake. And mm. when it comes to bars, like say I did something stupid because I was drunk the night before and, and I was always like, that was kind of like the story. Like I always fucked up somehow. But when I was sober, I never had those moments. I didn't mess up. And I, I was always, in the beginning, I was like, well, when am I going to mess up here? Because I'm used mm. to messing up and I never did. 
And I started to build this respect with my team. And like, I always, yeah, it was weird because I could feel that people looked at me differently than they did prior when I was a different, when I was drinking and partying. I didn't get the, I had like a different respect and that felt really good. So that kind of pushed me further. And, 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 and I think it inspired some of my team because they knew who I was before. And, yeah. and just to see that, you know, I was, I did a cocktail list. I'd spit everything out. I didn't, you know, I didn't ever, you know, and just, just that, just showing up with that dedication, I think was, was good for the team. And I just realized what's, what's possible when, when you commit to something, right. And it's in everybody. It's just a lot of us don't think that we can do it, but you have to take it day by day. Like each day is its own set of challenges, right? And three months and then six months and then before you know it, it's like, okay, it's a year now, right? So. And your girlfriend was really supportive of it. She was helping you through kind of that transition, correct? Yeah, yeah. She was, she was, she was good. She helped me through a lot of that. And that's, yeah. And I, I always felt that kind of bond with her why even though we were kind of on different frequencies towards the end that was kind of i felt this like this feeling of it's hard to i knew that we weren't meant to be together but because she helped me through that stuff it was like i had this like special bond with her and yeah and at the time she was great and i i think everybody comes into your life at a certain time for a certain purpose and they're meant to come and go and and that's okay like not everybody is meant to be there forever, right? Like yep. I know we like to think that. It's a very romantic and fairy tale-ish, yes. Yeah. We like to think, oh, well, they're here forever or whoever that is. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's like be okay with accepting like, hey, they were there. They served their purpose. We got value. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I gave them value and then they're gone and do their, their thing. And I think that's, that the acceptance of that is important, but she definitely, she definitely helped me out through that. Like, I don't know how I would have done it. And she was sober too. So she didn't drink ever, which was huge for me to have somebody like that. Yeah. No kidding. And the respect thing make, I mean, it's got to make sense to you at this point. Like, of course you have more respect when you're sober and you're getting shit done and you're not making mistakes and you're, you don't have to be drunk to be a bartender. No, just four one one. Anybody who hasn't figured that out yet. <laughs> I remember coming home, like in Australia, I'd come home at like six in the morning after being out all night, and it's like the shit that she put up with in the beginning. I'm like, wow, I'm surprised that she even stayed with me during that. But <laughs> it's crazy, like some of the shit as a bartender, especially in Australia, it's like just all night parties. It's like, whoa, like man, craziness. I just look back, I'm like, thank God that's over because I couldn't. It's not sustainable. What? Well, yeah, eventually it's not sustainable. So you move back to Vancouver and you decide you don't want to bartend anymore. You want more connections with your family and you're already doing the self-help and you've been sober. Have you started drinking since then? Because now it's been, it's been two years since the end of yeah. 2017. Yeah, I have. 2018, I got back into it, kind of old habits. <laughs> and in 2019, I went nine months. Um, and in this year I've been, I think I've drank once since Christmas. So I don't want the thing to have power over me. I don't yeah. want, I, I, I definitely, it's amazing because how you can fall back into your habits. Like you think you're sober for a year and then you have a drink and it's like all of a sudden that person comes back. It's like, Whoa, what? I thought I was different that's the scary thing you're like whoa that guy's back hey welcome to the party like it's like 
oh, you're back. Welcome back. <laughs> I miss you, buddy. <laughs> it's like, whoa. And, and yeah, so I've been playing with that. And it's, it's, really, it's really challenging, especially if you're socially to not drink occasionally. You know, like, so I'm kind of in and out. I don't, I don't drink a lot anymore, but I definitely dabble here and there. And I want to be okay with that. I don't want to give it that. Um, I, I just don't think that it serves me, but sometimes it's fun. And I just, Oh, I don't know. drink very much or very often. And I don't like being drunk, but there's this point, you know, you drink and I, I'll realize, Oh, my shoulders. I didn't realize I was tense till my, my shoulders dropped. And then you just get a little tipsy and I am like the happiest person in the whole damn world. But I do not like going past that. Yeah. Do you find it hard though from that point? Like, do you want to just, cause no. I find it, it's tough. Like I like that, that initial, and then I just want to keep it going. Like, <laughs> Well, I want to keep that feeling going, but I'm pretty lightweight. So it doesn't take, once I get there, I can keep it going pretty easily. And then I sleep really great. So I just started a challenge two weeks ago and it's 75 hard. And part of it is no alcohol for 75 days. Andy Frisella. Yeah. And, um, the alcohol, like I can, I cannot drink for three months and not really think about it, mm -hmm. but knowing that you can't. <laughs> yeah. God, I want a margarita so bad just oh, because yeah. I signed up to not have one. Yeah. And you know what it is too? When you, I think with these, these addictions and these kind of things or whatever they are, I don't even like the word addiction, but, um, you just, instead of going without something, replace it with something. I feel like if you just, that's, and I've, 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 I've listened to a few people say that it's like, instead of thinking, Oh, I can't have that drink. If you replace that with something else, it becomes like, you don't even, you don't even miss it because if you're, if you know you got to go to the gym and you know that you got to be active, then alcohol just doesn't fit into that. Right. That's why like I didn't shit. drink. Right. But that's what the <laughs> good thing is. It's like, we need, you just need to replace that thing with something else. Yeah. Okay. That's a great tool. You just kind of forget about it. Right. Cause, yeah. cause I think the going without it and really giving it that thing, like I can't, I can't drink. I can't do that. I can't do that. It's like, you're giving it more attention than it mm -hmm. needs but instead replace it with what can I do instead? Mm -hmm. Like let's, let's do, let's put an activity in there. So I don't even have time to think about that. Right. So yeah. I think that's, that's kind of, and we're all kind of fit trying to figure these things out. Right. Like it's like, it's, um, I think that's, I think that's a, a useful tool for people, you know? I think it is a useful tool for people. And I don't care about drinking enough that it bugs me that much. I just knew the second that I signed up for it and I had 75 days, then it puts it in your head. Like you said, you think about it differently. Yeah. And so I'll go 75 days without drinking normally and don't even give it any thought. Mm. So I, that was a perspective for me. I just need to think about it like I normally think about it. Yeah. Now you move back to Canada, you're doing self-help, you're connecting with family. And then did you have to figure out who is Lance again? Yeah, I didn't know who I was because I wasn't, I was a hockey player, then I was the bartender, and then I was this guy trying to figure it out. I, like I said, I got into, I got into direct selling and Facebook ads and, and trying to like build a business online, social media. And that was really challenging because I didn't know what I was doing. And with social media, everybody's kind of saying the same thing. And wow. I wanted to, that was where podcasting came in. 
I wanted to differentiate myself from the pack. I thought, okay, everybody's talking about these people that are successful because of whatever they've done. But like, I know I got a story. I know I have life experience. I just need people to learn that about me and I can help people. But right now with, with what I have, it's not doing that. And it drove me insane. Like I couldn't express who I was and, and connect with people, you know, through what was happening. So I thought, okay, what if I start a podcast? And this is where people, I want anybody listening. This is where the value in podcasting is, is because if you want to build trust and authority in your niche, the best way is podcasting because people can really get to know you. And the whole reason behind business is if you like, know, and trust them, then you want to learn more and you want to buy from them, right? So having a podcast is just so powerful at just getting to know the human. Everybody wants to know the human behind the business. That's, that's the name of the game because especially with all this disconnect in technology, we forget about the human. Everybody wants automation. Everybody wants this, wants that. But what about the human behind it? And that's why podcasting is powerful because you can really, you can't hide, right? Like we're being honest. We're talking. People can really get to know us. Yeah. Right. They can be like, wow. Okay. Well I hate them or I love them. Like mm -hmm. whatever. But at least you get to, oh, they're assholes. Good. I never want to talk to them or do business. with yeah. them. perfect. Fuck off. But then there'll be people that are like, I love them. I want to learn more. I want to do this. And that's why it's so powerful. So like, I just, I saw that with podcasting in this, this online marketing space. And then I was like, wow, this is really, really useful. And, and, and that's kind of like what happened. I wanted to reinvent myself and, and, and sharing stories of myself and other people is kind of like what I feel like I was meant to do. Mm -hmm. And, and that's kind of how it's all evolved. It's insane. <laughs> And it built your business. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. But it's crazy that you did it to become known and authentic and true and tell your story to build your business, but then it flipped the, it flipped the script on you. It became the business. It became, yeah, like I just wanted to be able to share my story in the best way. I thought, hey, if I could stand out somehow by sharing my story and other people's, then, then potentially my business will grow. But that business has been put on. Yeah, exactly. So it just, it turned into that. So I thought, well, I need to, I want to be able to replicate the same thing that I did for other people because I don't want to sell anything that I haven't done myself. I'm right. Snake oil. There's so much bullshit out there. <laughs> That's so much bullshit out there. And I'm like, I don't want bullshit. I just want to be like, Hey, I've done this. So here, do you want to, do you want to do the same? That's, that's the thing. And, yeah. and, and I didn't plan for this to happen. I didn't plan on being an entrepreneur. I didn't, I didn't even know what the word was really like at one point. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I used to listen to podcasts, Joe Rogan. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't had no idea that this was going to happen, but yeah, I had to reinvent myself uh, for the long, the long answer to your question. And that's kind of what happened. <laughs> so tying it back in clearly, I mean, your business, was born through the struggles that you went through and wanting to tell your story. I mean, a little, you went, I love the windy road. You know, it's never point A to point B. In trying to develop a business, you wanted to share your story and then the story became the business. Mm. So you helping other people do that is pretty incredible. Tell me as far as what you do and in your business, and I know there's going to be more than one website, at least at some point, you have a weekly blast of inspiration mm -hmm. where you share the latest episodes and inspirational stories. Is that all based on the podcast, the stories? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
You've been featured in some incredible places, Entrepreneur Forbes. I mean, mm -hmm. like, that's great. Mm -hmm. And then how do people, other than listening to the podcast or cyber stalking you like I do, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. um, Appreciate it. <laughs> it's, yeah, and we have to help that. each other. Of course. I'm going to do the same to you. Don't worry. That's all right. I love the cyber stalking. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hot. So other than that, People who want to start a podcast or have a podcast, like I've had a podcast for almost three years mm -hmm. when we're recording this, where does that fit in? How do you help them? How do they get in touch with you? So right now, I say the best way is to just hit me up on Instagram. Oh, that okay. Is, I, you know, from there, you know, I'm almost wondering these days with websites, it's almost unnecessary, but yeah. it, is, it is necessary in a way, but for me, for anybody who wants to connect with me, you can hit me up on Instagram. You can see my show. I, we create content, micro content videos for it, and you can email me or DM me, whatever. That's where I find is the best place because you can sort of see what I'm up to. Um, but so right now, I'm working on... So our we generally help entrepreneurs that have a network already kind of create a podcast and amplify their already existing business. but you know, so that's kind of like our target. Got it. So, but what I want to do, what I am going to am doing is I'm going to create a course and you guys can watch out for this. It's going to be a free course with basically how to start, you know, from start to finish, just like the basic stuff. Right. Um, yeah. just to how to start it. Right. But there's different levels. It, it's like starting one basic and having one as like a content engine is two different things. Right. That's why I really find it important. That's why I go after entrepreneurs that have a business because if you have a business already, then you need to amplify that. And podcasting is such a powerful tool for that. But if you want to start it, like if you're from scratch, you just want to do it as a, as a, you know, as a hobby or whatever, whatever reason, I really believe that it's, it's powerful. Um, I think you just need to, yeah, like get it, get it going. Like, I mean, just be consistent. Right. And that's what I'm working on right now. There's so many moving pieces, but I want to create a course where people can like just learn the basics. I mean, there's lots of courses out there like John Lee Dumas has. Yep. One. Like that's who I took it from when I started. Yeah. And I mean, and you gotta, and that's the thing is like you, you, you learn from people that have done it and you model your own. And that's kind of like what I want to do is I want to provide that community through university of adversity and to be able to help people start it. And, and then have that conversation like, well, what are your, what do you want to do with the show? You know, do you want to like, what are your goals? Like, what are your, but that's where it is though. Like some people just want to have it as a hobby and that's great. You don't, you know, but some people want to use it as like a real, a tool, like a, a real business tool. So wherever you're at, I'm, I'm happy to help. And anybody that, you know, hits me up and asks me questions, I get questions all the time. Like, Hey, mm -hmm. what mic do you use? Or whatever. Yeah. And I, I just love helping, whatever that looks like. And I, I'm, if I can't help you, then I know a ton of people who can. It's like, well, I may not be the best guy for you or, you know, maybe there's someone else that can help. And that's what I'm about. I'm not about like selling my own shit. Yeah, like, it's like, what do you need? And I'll put you in the direction of the best for you, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, right? Uh, people check me out on Instagram and it's, you know, super easy. Awesome. Lance, thank you so much for being on. It was a blast. <laughs> Thank you so much. I know I ramble on a lot, but you know, that's the beauty of the podcast. <laughs>